The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's not another Buffalo podcast. The bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal. With John. Roy Kent is like the best character in that show. Oh, he is. That man. boy. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you sound like Roy Kent. Are you serious? Uh, dude. You've been holding out on us. Brando. The dude's 45 years old today. I'm not going to say happy birthday to him because I hope he had a bad birthday. I hope he blew out a candle over an avocado and then didn't eat it and it's just miserable. And Pat. Reed Ferguson was trying to whip it. He did. Throws a football like I do, but like, you know. There's a clear <laughs> drop off, I would say, on Buffalo Rumblings. All right, welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with Pat and Brando. We're all in the same state for once, actually, at this moment. All still meeting virtually because we live <laughs> like in, in the three different parts of Western New York. But uh, how are you guys doing? Not too shabby. That's right, though, just down the thruway. Got Buffalo, uh, Batavia area, right, and Rochester, and where's uh, we got Anthony and Albany, right, and uh, we got a Buffalo Rumblings connection. Where's Bruce? Nobody knows where Bruce is. All right. Well, and we got uh, Brendan O'Brien in the fantasy league down there in Binghamton as well, so we got yes. all the areas covered. Nice, nice. The show. NABP fantasy league officially underway. Finally, sorry it took so long. Uh, we've been, uh, I've been, I've been busy. I don't know about you guys. I. Uh, been planning for the uh the album release and stuff like that that uh actually this album will be out the day that this podcast drops so uh cool yay What's it called? confetti uh my own complacency so pat and i are, are releasing an album this friday you can find it on spotify all that stuff yada 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 you know i'll do <laughs> i'll do uh when i'm editing this episode i'll i'll make all the bumps songs from the album so we usually nice. do like all the intro outro music you hear on this podcast is all cap and co which is just me and pat's side project right and uh so i'll put some some new stuff from the album so uh yeah congrats pat preemptive champagne pop oh yeah <laughs> it's out by the time that people hear this hit the airwaves metaphorically cool. josh allen stefan day's got nothing on us but how, how are you doing <laughs> though how's uh, how's the ny treating you being back from uh sunny nashville tn good good uh, i woke up at 3 45 this morning and it is now 9 6 p.m does this uh, qualify as NABP after dark? Oh, easy. What's easy. the line? I, 9 honestly, PM, 10 PM? I mean, after dark. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I would qualify. This is very much after dark. There's a beer in my hand and it is dark outside. That That is the, uh, <laughs> that's the list of qualifications. 
It's funny. Well, but. this is uh, going to be something that I want both of you to think about because transitioning into this start of the NFL season, if you remember last year, we picked three players that were going to have an outstanding season. And my pick was probably as cold of a take as your beer is in your hand, John. When I said Matt Breed is going to be it's, like, it's warming up a little bit. All right. Well, what, what did Pat say earlier? Matt Breed did have a couple of touchdowns. He had so. a couple. I want to say two in the air, <laughs> one on the ground, right? Three, three total TDs. I mean, could be worse. But like from what I was talking about him, I thought he was going to be like a stud. Um, I don't remember. I think John, you said you might have picked Gabe Davis. I don't remember Pat if you remember or recall who you picked. I'm trying but to think. Let's. Uh, but yeah. we we were probably like, okay, what yeah. what Bills player is going to break out? And Pat's like, let me tell you why Ryan Tannehill is going to have the greatest <laughs> quarterback season in the history of football. Probably. So uh, I, don't, I don't even remember. I, remember. I want to say I want. I know definitively. Brandon said Gabe Davis. I think you know who you might have said. John, no, I said been, I thought I might have said. Yeah, Gabe I thought Davis, John but, said. Uh, Gabe Brandon okay. said yeah, Matt Breida. Yeah, sure. Brandon said Matt Breida. I don't know. We'd have to listen to the episode again, but doesn't matter. More breakout stars coming. <laughs> so we're doing the exercise this year. Maybe it'll be a little more memorable when we sit down next year because they are Super Bowl champions that we are speaking of. Um, so I like that. I like that. Keep putting yes. that out in there in the universe. Uh, we're going to manifest it to happen. Manifest it. It's going to be tough to identify one player here because there's so much good to go around. But I want to hear, John, give me one player this year that is going to elevate their game because they're on the Super Bowl or bust season with the Buffalo Bills. All right. Well, you know, your, your basic takes here. This year, it's even even more of a basic take to go with Gabe Davis. So I'm not going to go there. I do believe that Gabe Davis is going to have a breakout season, but that's a lukewarm take right there. Unless one of you guys want to make that your pick, then in which case I won't talk about that anymore. No, but. let's just say, did Gabe Davis break out throughout an entire NFL season yet? Or is this going to be his breakout? He's never had more than what? Like 650 yeah. receiving yards in a season, which I yeah. would call pedestrian, dare I say. But. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the the writing is on the wall. More targets. He has a huge average yards per catch. Over 7.5 touchdowns. Easy. Take it to the bank. DraftKings right now. Make that bet. I think it's minus 115 for over 7.5 touchdowns. I like that. But the player that I'm going with doesn't have a lot of buzz around him this season. He's kind of getting forgotten even though he's going into a contract year and is not signed through the 2023 season. You know, we hear all this stuff about James Cook and how like by the end of the year, James Cook could be RB1. He's the next greatest thing. You know, he's Alvin Kamara and all those things could be true. (laughs) But I think that we're, I think that we're overlooking Devin Singletary just a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to overreact to the fact that he looked great in preseason was making strong cuts, definitive things, carrying defenders yeah. on those thunder thighs. But Devin Singletary is ready to prove that he is a second contract back in this league. And even if it isn't the Bills who give him that contract because they're pretty deep at running back and running backs are a dime a dozen, let's be honest, I I think that Devin Singletary posts a great season here. Picks up where he left off at the end of last season. Running strong behind a good offensive line. If that offensive line is a little bit improved over last year, I really like his chances of uh, posting his highest career yardage total yet. That's a good pick. I think so. He has looked good. Especially end of last year, too. He was really 
heating up. So that'll be cool. And I think the other thing to consider as well is that, you know, as much as people want to say that, you know, James Cook is poised to take his spot as RB1. I mean, you got to think also, I don't think there's uh, particularly a, a lot of animosity between these two guys because they do, they work out together all off season and they're actually like pretty close as friends. So I think ideally they would like to stay in the same place for an extended period of time. I mean, obviously, you know, if, if my sister had gone in, she'd be my brother, but, yeah. um, you know, I, I think that's, a, I think that's a good, I think that's a good take though. There's one more thing I want to say about this too, is that the McDermott and, you know, if you want to call it McBean, I think it's mostly McDermott. They don't put a lot on rookies. Gabe Davis has not been asked to do a ton. They will, you know, he really has earned this number two spot, even though, you know, you could have said that Gabe Davis last year might have been a little bit more talented than like Emmanuel Sanders. I don't know if that was actually the case, but this regime trusts veterans. So I think that they put their fate in the hands of Devin Singletary before they ask too much of James Cook or give him a lot of touches. And I think that's why we should also pump the brakes on maybe a Khalil Shakir breakout season as well. I don't think that they're going to give him the target share that you know, maybe other teams would and give him breakout season. But anyway, that's, that's just my take on uh, how the McDermott, you know, regime handles veterans versus rookies, et cetera. The other part about that is with what Pat said, Singletary did tweet the other day that James Cook can do it all because he's seen him do it all, whether it's catching the ball, exploding through the whole quickness side to side. But you're right. And the other part that we're thinking of, they can line up Singletary and Cook on the field at the same time and motion Cook out as a receiver. Singletary's a better blocker. You could run from a single back set that way. But Cook's going to catch the ball and just be... I think that's his one role this year. He's going to be used as that until he shows some breakout games if he supplements these guys. But it's Singletary's job to lose whether we sign him back or not. So I like that. Yeah. And uh, not that this matters for anything, but my absolute favorite formation to run in Madden is shotgun with the back on either side. Yeah. So... uh a little bit of that. Yeah. I like New it. Madden just came out. I have not yeah. purchased, but, um, Spoiler alert, it's more. Madden 22 with different names. Yes. And they disrespected <laughs> Josh Allen again. So, I mean, at least he's oh, at yeah. 90. Did, did, he, did he have some law? Did he have some low ratings or something? Well, like he's that? only at 90 overall. I mean, granted, I think he's like the third highest rated quarterback in the game, but still. Yeah. Yeah. That seems low. Anyways, Pat, who you got? Who's your guy? Well, I think uh, just uh, we were talking about this the other day. Um, Brandon and I uh, have played a little bit of Super Smash Bros. in our day. And I just wanted to say that I feel like James Cook does look like Mewtwo when you're playing Super Smash Bros. That he is just kind of gliding out there. Like it looks like he's in slow motion, but he's really moving pretty quickly. Um, Real fast. That being said, I'm wearing a Boondocks shirt here today. And this player is the uh, stone that the builder refused. He's the visual, the inspiration that makes the ladies sing the blues. He's the spark that makes the Buffalo Bills star bright. Isaiah McKenzie, I think, I don't, I mean, when I say breakout, I, I mean, I, I would bet my life savings that'll have career numbers. I didn't know what those will be. I don't know because he's never had more than 200 receiving yards in a season, but I feel like he, he, I, I talked previously on the show. I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of the possibility that we have three 1000 yard receivers. And one of them is Isaiah McKenzie. I mean, it would have to, a lot of dominoes would have to fall, but I at least think, you know, he's tripling that all time yardage, you know, like single season mark. I, I, I see him right around 600, 700 yards receiving, you know, four or five tutties. So I, I could see him breaking out or he should. When Isaiah McKenzie has gotten targets, he's delivered. 
If you look yes. at any of the games where he's gotten a huge amount of targets, particularly like the New England game last year, like he delivers. He does. No, he's in like the same boat as Gabe Davis because he has flashed so much over. He's been here for all of the seasons with Josh, right? Like four, three or four years now. So he knows everything that he needs to know. It's his time. And that's a good pick, Pat, to do 600 yards, right? Six, 700 yards. I would even kick it up a little bit more, like 800 over under 800. Put Gabe Davis at a thousand. That'd be really cool to see this offense support three highly talented players yeah. like that. I mean, it'll, it'll also be interesting, I think, too, just because, like you were saying about the delegation of responsibilities is different, um, you know, depending on your role on the team. But to see who's going to take over that special teams one spot, if it is Khalil Shakir, if it's a combination of Khalil Shakir and maybe Marcus Stevenson when he's healthy. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of moving parts. I don't, I don't think anyone can do it as well as Isaiah McKenzie. I was talking to my dad the other day and he was saying, you know, it'll be good. It'll have better stats and stuff like that. But it did, it, you did feel like an aura when he touched the ball, you know, on a kickoff or a punt return. So he could be yeah. a hot name in uh, fantasy drafts this year. We're talking about Gabe Davis being overvalued a little bit. As long as Isaiah McKenzie stays healthy and can uh, produce and get the trust of Josh, which I think he already has, it would be really awesome to see him explode out on the field and be that. He needs to play. He's got the personality and let his play back it up. Now it's time. Yeah. I mean, again, McDermott has trusted his vets. And now that Beasley is gone, Isaiah McKenzie is the vet at that spot. And, you know, we've always thought of him as the young, quick guy, the gadget guy. And that's maybe how the regime has thought of him as well. But now it's not Crowder taking first team reps. It's not Khalil Shakur in the, in the slot, even though those guys will challenge for targets as well as snaps. It's Isaiah McKenzie in the slot. He is the starting guy. He is the man for this year, which is a role that he's never been asked to play before, except for specific games. So... I'm excited to see it because I, I I really do believe in him. And Pat, I think that's a good pick, honestly. Like I I do expect six hundred plus yards from Isaiah McKenzie. Easy. Easy. Maybe, maybe even that one K mark. You know, who knows? That'd be a fun bet just to throw a couple bucks at because it's probably really high odds. I don't even know if you can find Isaiah McKenzie yards anywhere. Yeah. That's a good I mean, most most books usually have like the number one and two receivers for most teams, yeah. but if you can find it, Brandon, let me know because I will yeah, also that's be worth a look. chipping into that. <laughs> I personally, I'm going to stay in the receiving room and you can call this a cop out because he's not really a breakout candidate because he's been broken out for a while now. But Steph Diggs, you say this and you're like, wow, who let this guy talk on the radio? <laughs> no one did. This is a, this is a podcast. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> My grandma and I were talking about this yesterday, a couple days ago. She's like, so is your show like on the radio? And I'm like, kind of like you can plug it into a radio and it'll play. But like, it's not like a station. But like Buffalo Rumblings is the network. Yeah. So it's like, you know, kind of very, conf- very confusing. Yeah. So I get her confusion, but I digress. Steph Diggs, there has been a lot of changeover at the receiving cord this year, right? Gabe Davis is moving up. You know, we talked about him, Isaiah McKenzie, Jameson Crowder, how Cook is going to play into the field. But without Cole Beasley, without Emmanuel Sanders, we've counted the targets. There's 170 targets to go around to these new players. And one thing that might not be talked about as much is Steph Diggs getting more. He had 102 receptions last year. What if he gets 120? What's the NFL leader, NFL receptions leader? 
last year, Devontae Adams. Uh, it was him, what? and then I think even Cooper Cup had more receptions. Cooper Cup had 145. Year. Adams had 123, and Tyreek Hill had 111. Oh, so it was Cooper Cup. Okay. Yeah. So what if Steph Diggs slots in between 115 and 130, and he could be a top three player in the league with receptions? And the other part that I liked about this, Josh Allen was quoted in a CBS Sports article titled um, "What He Is Improving On: Honing In." He's honing in on ball placement, and this is by Shannon McChristenston from uh, CBS Sports. And Josh quotes, I think ball placement on some of our shorter throws, allowing guys to catch and run. Then secondly, eyes, where are my eyes? In zone coverage. What am I trying to throw here? Am I trying to throw high, low? Let's find the linebacker responsible for this area. Let's work him instead of having my eyes in a different spot. Finding the right guy to ID and owning the game as football as much as I can. And uh, he goes on to talk about situational football being so important. But if Josh can improve a little bit in that area to get digs into open space a little bit more, which they already do a good job with, with McKenzie having such speed, I think their offense is going to look faster. Steph Diggs is going to play a big part in that. Whether he ends up with 1,600 yards or 1,800 yards or 1,200 yards, I think it'll look a little different this year. But I'm expecting 1,500, 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, elevating what he did the previous two seasons. It is interesting because two seasons ago, he did lead the NFL in yards and receptions, I believe when he first played with Josh. So year one um, of Steph Diggs yeah. time with the bills. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the other thing that to take into account with that is, do you think that the bills have a bigger arsenal of weapons than the Raiders or the Rams do at this point? Because I would say yes. I don't know. Because you also have, you got good receivers on the Raiders. You have Darren Waller as a tight end target, who when healthy yeah. is one of the best tight ends in the league. You've also got Hunter Renfro. They just paid a um, boatload of money too. Right. Who, who has a great nickname, by the way, the slot machine. The slot machine. I think <laughs> that's been used before, but that's a good nickname. And then obviously in, you know, in LA, who knows if they'll have Odell Beckham again this year. I nah, mean, he'll he be in Buffalo. Yeah. Well, and you I, think I Robert think Woods so. is a huge loss for them though, too, as much as people don't seem to want to bring it up. Like, I think that that's, I think so. I think so. But I mean, all that points to Cooper cup getting even more targets this year. Well, And Tyler Higby is, is also top tier as well. I feel like But Allen Robinson yeah. is a baller. Finally with the quarterback true, that can do something. True. That's, that's true. That's true. I would agree with that as well. So I don't know. I mean, there's like two counterpoints to this argument. There's there's the point that says that that agrees with you that says Steph Diggs when targeted the Bills are good. There's a correlation there. When Josh does not target Stefan Diggs as much, they have a higher probability of losing. Like yes. the Bills offense when they just go to Stefan Diggs, and again it's all correlation versus causation. Are they th- not throwing to him because he's not open? You know, or, you know, because you obviously can't just force the ball to Stefan Diggs. But you can, though. He's one of the, like, three guys that you can. He he is. I agree with that. And, you know, our, our examples of when they really forced it to him and it worked out are, like, the Jets game, you know, playing against lackluster corners. And then, you know, J.C. Jackson against the Patriots, who I didn't think was really that good in the first place. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, with a team that has Dawson Knox. You know, now Khalil Shakir, you have Gabe Davis coming into his own, Isaiah McKenzie. Is that just too many mouths to feed? Do you think that uh, Steph Diggs is going to get the same number of targets that he did the first year that he was here? 
when he was obviously the focal point of the offense? Yeah, I think he'll. I think he's gonna. He's gonna show people he can still do it. Last year wasn't even a down year, quote unquote. It's three hundred yards less, and he got locked up. And in those games, he gets locked up. The other guys go off. So whatever it can be, I don't think you're gonna be able to lock up Diggs and let Gabe or McKenzie run free. I think the talent around Diggs, even by losing Sanders, could open up space for Diggs just as much as Diggs open up space for Davis. So there's so many extra targets. Beasley and Sanders, like we said, it's 170 targets. If Diggs takes 50 of them. Vacated, yeah, vacated targets. Yeah. Yeah, so many extra targets to go around here. And I think Josh is 26 in his prime, knows the offense. It's his show now. It's Diggs is what, 29? Like they're seasoned together. They're ready to blow up. This could be something that we saw with like Randy Moss and Tom Brady. Like just think the highest level possible that you can get. And it's, it's primed to be this year as long as everybody can stay healthy. Just that like that. I mean, that's a good take definitely, but also I've seen interviews with, you know, stuff where he's like, I was totally fine having two catches and a two point conversion. If we would have won that game in Kansas city. And also you do mm-hmm. think about that and you think Randy Moss for having 23 touchdowns in one season, which is, I don't think anyone's going to break that anytime soon, but didn't end up winning the Super Bowl. So it's, I don't know. I mean, granted, Cooper Cup's, you know, I guess the exception to the rule, but I don't know. It, yeah, it was just he, interesting. he got the the triple crown and the uh, and the Super Bowl in there too, and still might be, you know, behind Devonte Adams in the NFL top one hundred, you know, voted Speaking by players. Of, so, so take that as you will. But Trayvon Diggs comes into the top one hundred at twenty. Uh, I want to say twenty three, and Steph Diggs came in at what twenty six. 26 so, yeah. they, they so, so, so take this take this as you will as as soon as mac jones was in the top 100 i i, I kind of well i mean it, lost credibility. It, but it, it i appreciate it and the only reason i appreciate it is it's a player's poll just like yes when yeah. my dad is racing horses and they have the driver's poll even though you might hate it and you know there's guys out there they're gonna vote for other guys just because they hate their colleagues like at the end <laughs> of the day i'd rather have players voting than talentless scrub Steve Levy or someone that's like, you know what I mean? Like you're probably gonna have to cut that part out, but you know, like someone who's in, <laughs> in broadcasting, you know, I think that yeah. it, it is accurate at least somewhat. So I, I always do enjoy yeah. watching it. At least at the top, because I'm sure there is a little bit of notoriety that goes on it on with it because you know, th- there's a certain amount of like, yeah, I've had to watch film on this guy, had to learn how to play to the, against this guy. Um, but some of it is just like, yeah, oh, the, he was the guy who had like seven or eight interceptions last year, right? Oh, yeah, I'll put him down, you know, because they, they're not watching his all 22 all the time, you know, about, you know, if you were asking me which corner I'd rather have, Trey White or Trayvon Diggs, of course I'd rather have Trey White at this point. I think he's a better corner, less interceptions. Um, but yeah, so obviously it, it's subjective, but it is really cool to see the player's opinion, like you said, you know, that is telling in a lot of ways, especially at the top. I think it matters the most at the top 10. Because, you know, if you were going to ask me to make a top 100 list of anything, it would start to get convoluted after 15, you know, like, I don't know if I could decide between number 45 and 46 and definitively put them in order accurately, even to my own opinion. (laughs) So, but anyway, anyways, we'll see how that turns up. Hopefully next year, 
these are not freezing cold takes. And again, we talk about the Super Bowl winning team. And maybe we'll have some cool quotes from Super Bowl champions to roll with with Pat. But Oh, we do. We in, do. In the meantime, you have some? Two quotes some? from two Super Bowl champions. Oh, that's a good tease. That's a good tease. All right. We'll be right back with some quotes with Pat. And uh, taking you to the break is this bump from the new Cap Co. album. So enjoy. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. First quote is uh, from a coach, um, Super Bowl winner, um, former safety at Pacific University, former head coach of the New York Jets, former defensive backs coach for the Buffalo Bills. Um, he is of Croatian descent, I believe. Um, I can double check his. I know he coached for the Bills though at one point. But anyways, got some curly hair. I believe he's the oldest head coach in the NFL at this moment. Anyways, these guys didn't even try to run the football today. We didn't expect that to happen. We didn't think they would totally abandon the running game. We had a real nice plan for how they were going to run it, and we should have been able to adapt better. Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll, yeah. Nice. That would have been my guess, too. Yeah. I think the curly hair. Yeah. It was the curly hair that did it for you, not like the oldest coach in the NFL. Well, that was there. I too, was going to be like, like, this player gave a lot of money to Reggie Bush and destroyed <laughs> the integrity of college football. But no. All right. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. So this is a good one right here, too. When I look back on my life, I overpaid for my big successes every time. And when I tried to get a bargain, get it a little bit cheaper or a better deal on it, I ended up either getting it or I wasn't happy that I got it. Or I missed it. When I look back on my life, I overpaid for my big successes every time. And when I tried to get a bargain, get it a little bit cheaper, or get a better deal on it, I ended up usually either getting it and 
not being happy I got it or missing it. All right. I'll give you a secondary quote. Okay. Okay. No, actually not a secondary quote. I might give it away. Let me give you some cues. Some cues, some clues. This guy played on the defensive line at the University of Arkansas with Jimmy Johnson way back in the 60s. Dang, so we're talking like a really old defensive lineman. Who's still in the NFL. Not as a not as a lineman, still not coaching. as a coach. Can't can't really break down his position too much. He has family members who are in the college football ranks who some people think are only there because of his name. Um, big fan of Johnny Manziel. He went on the record as saying our franchise would be relevant for the next 10 years had we drafted Johnny Manziel, which didn't age well. Um, I don't know the football history of Dave most NFL owners. No, not Gettleman. This guy's got terrible cross eyes. Really crossed he, eyes. An old man with really crossed eyes. You're not talking like Jerry Jones, right? Ding, 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 ding. Wow. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that Jerry Jones played football. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot yeah. he said that about Johnny Manziel. He, I remember that yeah. quote. No, uh, that's oh, why, I mean, oh, Jimmy oh, Johnson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Johnson coached the Cowboys, and he was like, that's my boy, Jimmy. We played together at University of Arkansas. Uh, but, wow. Yeah. Cool. It is it's funny, though. Together. It's all coming together. <laughs> I, th- I think that's fairly accurate that Jimmy did overpay for all of his successes and every bargain he tried to execute kind of bit him in the butt. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. don't we all, Jimmy? Wait, Jerry. but the, the quote was Jerry, right? Jerry. Yeah. yeah. Did I say Jimmy? Okay, oh, sorry. You, I, I yeah. thought you meant it was Jimmy Johnson there for a no, second. No, no, it was Jerry, confused. but... Yeah, Jerry does seem to throw out the money, and I was throwing in the relative thing because his, uh, what is it, his grandson played at Arkansas, I want to say, or somewhere, like, whatever, top 10 college football program, and everyone was like, is he even that good, or is it just because his grandpa's Jerry? So, I don't know. <laughs> That'd be a tough shadow to have your whole life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Jerry Jones, he's my, he's my grandpa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jerry it, World. We go, we, go to, we, we go to Jerry World for Christmas. Hate on Jerry all you want, man, but... You know, he's, he's had excellence. Now it's just, when you look at how the, how horrible the Cowboys were when he took over in 1989 to like them being, you know, one of the yeah. more respected franchise. Cause it was kind of like, as like when they traded away Herschel Walker, it was like crap. Like it's the end of a dynasty. Like the Cowboys will never be good again. And, um, you know, I, just kidding, just kidding. So They're I'm, I'm actually a, I'm actually a Jerry Jones fan. Honestly, I think if nothing else, you know, his Just mistakes say on the air, I'll say it on the air right here. That's brave. It's brave. Uh-huh. Hey man, you know what? Jerry Jones put players in place so that Josh Allen could have his breakout game on Thanksgiving. But I um, like, I like that angle. I'll, I'll, I'll run with you on that one. And, and Jerry's <laughs> like, Jerry's also low key a champion of the underdogs. You think about like Tony Romo, what other guy would give T Romo a shot? You know, you think about CBS. all the guys like CBS, <laughs> true <laughs> CBS. Yes. <laughs> True. I'm sure he's like, listen, listen, Jerry, I got the film broken down right here. He probably broke out like a Sharpie marker as it was like projected onto a whiteboard. And Jerry Jones was like, oh my God, this man is the Messiah. But, um, (laughs) and you love to hate Jerry. And when it doesn't work out in the playoffs and you see Jerry and he's all, can't really tell how he's looking because his eyes are all crossed, but you can tell that he's upset. Like, you know, I I love Jerry. He's like, he's like Mr. Smith. He's good for football. Yeah. He's good for, he's He's good good for football. football. Yeah. Yeah. Got to got to have also those, good those for owner GMs. The bills are good. You, you got to preserve that position, the owner GM in, in football. We, it's we the have dream to, job the dream for job, anybody. 
That's what we all are. That's all what we all are when we play fantasy football. So uh, we all are. Yes. We are all Jerry's. You know, we'll we'll leave it on that note. But uh, all right. Anyway, you guys know where to find us on Twitter at Not Buff Podcast. We just sent out the message for the fantasy league on Wednesday. I'm saying that retroactively because it's Wednesday right now, and this comes out on Friday. But anyway, also uh, if you do want to check out that Cap and Co album, I'm sure we'll throw a link in our our bio link or something like that. But uh, if you want to just look it up on Spotify, it's just search Cap and Co um, with the little and symbol instead of and written out. If that makes sense. But uh, yeah. cool. All right, outro is going to be more Cap and Co music. So enjoy, and uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. Enjoy watching the game today. Uh, against the Carolina Panthers. Carol- Carolina Panthers. There we go. All right. The alma mater of McBean. Yes. 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 It's so funny because the uh, the Panthers to the Bills is what the Bills are to the Giants now, and it's like it's the parallels are amazing. But anyway, go Bills. Go Bills. For another show. Go Bills. <laughs> my man, my